Okay, so think about this. What would you do if God had called you to be a mother and you never had one? Called you to be a parent and you never had that experience? Called you to build a home and all you had known was temporary homes? Wait till you hear Leah's story. Welcome to the Jada Edwards Podcast. Welcome to season three of the Jada Edwards Podcast. You'll get a little bit of Bible teaching, some great stories, and some great interviews along the way. <laughs> Leah, hey. we already, already, huh? We just started. <laughs> well, listen, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for saying yes. Yes, I'm honored to be here. Oh, Thank we're you. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> okay, tell us just a little bit about yourself, and they're gonna they're gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, tell us like where you're from and kind of how you found your way to One Community Church. So, oh wait, by the way, y'all, Leah is my MOV. She my protector. Don't play. <laughs> She loved Jesus, but she still got them hands. So she keeps, she walks around and she cute and she like cheery and smiley, but she'll take you out. So in the she, name of Jesus. <laughs> she stays with me at church and she's just, just been a godsend, just a heart of service and make sure that I'm taken care of here. And we do it real low key. We don't roll with no deep entourage. Mm-hmm. It's not eight of us. It's just, it's just me and Leah. And so, and uh, so yeah, and God. Okay. He really, so, so glad you're here with me today. So tell me a little bit about you and how you ended up at One Community Church. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm Leah. I came, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. born and raised. Mm-hmm. I moved out here in 2003, off and on, and, um, when I found out about One Community Church, it was you that brought me here, actually. <laughs> Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> right. But yes, I have seen one of your, um, I think I was just scrolling online and I seen one of your teachings on Church Hurt. Mm. It was like the very first one, I believe. Oh, wow. And um, I was just listening. I was like, yes, I was in. I'm not gonna tell you I was, mm-hmm. but right, <laughs> I was right. somewhere and I was like, yeah. yes, yes, that's it. So from then on, I just kept, I was following, kept looking for your videos, kept listening. And then um, one year, again, mm-hmm. Church Hurt came up again. Mm-hmm. And um, you were like, just come in, mm-hmm. just come on, just come in. <laughs> so that Sunday, I just came in <laughs> and, and I heard Pastor preach, Pastor Conway. And I knew this was the church I had to be in because I felt, you know, a connection with you without before even knowing you spiritually. And then when I came in that Sunday, I sat all the way in the back Mm -hmm. and I came guys are in the maze. It was just a maze. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, I came first 2015. Right. And then I just sat all the way in the back and I was listening to him and I was just crying, crying. And then when it was over, I left, but I knew I would be back and I didn't serve right away. That was a long time. Mm-hmm. How long before you started serving? About three, four years ago now. Oh, my gosh. Girl, yeah, that was too long. The we devil was you. busy. But that's the okay. You got to <laughs> take your time sometimes. But, man, what an amazing story that God just sovereignly brought you here. Um, yeah, this is just so crazy. Okay, so here's the question I always start out with. Tell me, if you could describe your life in one word, what would it be? So it will. It, it's going to be a symbol. And okay. it's going to be, yeah, it Fancy. wouldn't be a word. Mm-hmm. And I choose the semicolon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was created for authors to use to continue on a sentence that should have ended. Mm. And when I think of that, I think of Leah's life. Oh, it should wow. have ended so many times ago. Yeah, a semicolon. Girl, that's good. You might have a little word in you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so when you, listen, I usually ask people like two or three milestones where you saw God's hand moving. But your story is so incredible. Just... I'm just going to let you go off the cuff. Like when you think about major moves of God, whether it was pain, protection, 
provision, like all the things that God just, I just want you to tell your story. Um, we need our tissue. Yeah. We didn't bring our tissue. I swear. Like when I talk about Mm -hmm. God, I just get it. You know, I just feel him right now. But, um, I guess the first milestone would be when I realized my mother was never coming. Mm. And I was 12, Mm -hmm. going on 13. Um, You were in a home? I was in a group home upstate New York, Mm -hmm. uh, my eighth one. Oh my. By that time. By 12, you were Mm -hmm. in your eighth home. When, how old were you when you went to your first home? I was two and a half. But I thought it was from birth. But when I ended up reading my file, um, I found out it was at two two and and a half. half. Mm -hmm. And and previously, had your mom come back and it been back and forth with her? Um, No. No, okay. so um, I had one caseworker, I had a bunch, but one mm-hmm. caseworker named, you know, she really looked out for me, mm-hmm. and um, she just really looked out for me, and mm-hmm. she really loved me, it was more, you could tell it was a passion that she wanted to do, mm-hmm. like, to save kids, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, in the 90s, 80s, in yeah. New York, you know, you don't really have that passion, yeah. you know, yeah. you either do or you don't, um, and she knew what was important to me to find my mother. Like mm-hmm. I just kept telling everybody, I'm waiting on my mother. My mother gonna mm-hmm. come. My mother gonna be here. Mm-hmm. And she found my mother mm. when I was 11. And we were talking, writing back and forth, back and forth. She was in a rehab mm-hmm. in uh, Long Island. Mm-hmm. And when it came to you know, the day came, you know, she came and picked me up. Um, up north and bought and it's like a two hour trip mm-hmm. from upstate to Long Island. And um, I was so excited. Mm. I remember I couldn't go sleep the night before. I knew I was finally going to see my mother. Yeah. And um, when I got there, I was waiting in the waiting room for a good like five minutes, 10, you know, but to me, it felt like two hours. And then she comes out and she had this real somber look. And at that at that moment, I knew what it what happened so I just got up and started walking towards the car um, I knew it took too long anyway and so she followed me and then when we got on the road back to upstate to the group home um our face was just so red you know she, and then I could see in the rearview mirror she kept looking she, she was trying to find the right words, words to, to say. say so I just looked out them the you know and the window and I was just I remember thinking it's me mm. she ain't never coming Oh my God. And the group home I was in at the time was very mean to mm-hmm. me. So I already was putting my run plan together yeah. by the time I got that. I was gone yeah. that night. So you knew, you remember at that moment, like being aware as a 12 year old that you were unwanted? Um, vividly. It was raining. Um, I remember the car. I remember what my caseworker had on. I remember what I had on because I took a long time to get prepared and it was hand me downs. So I wanted to find the best hand me downs. Mm-hmm. So my mother th- thought I was pretty. Yeah. What? So what? Oof. That's just so weighty, I think, for people who, even if their story doesn't look exactly like yours, for people who have been children of divorce yeah. or children of abandonment, yeah. like, that is like one of the first wounds that we have to deal with because our parents leave a wound Mm -hmm. and every parent leaves a wound. I don't care if you were in Sunday school every week, like there's something because parents aren't perfect and children, we desperately need that perfect love because they're kind of like our first understanding before we really know God. And it creates a wound. I just think it's so powerful because I, I think sometimes we get so far into life trying to be successful and press through. And we don't even realize that we're not addressing wounds that happen from our parents. Exactly. You know, even if, yeah, it's just, that's so weighty because mm-hmm. to know that I remember that at 12 or I remember this at seven, mm-hmm. 
having those kind of deep feelings that you're like something's not good enough in me for my mother right when even though that's not true it's what you think as, at right. that time so what happened after that and by the way dad was never in the picture um at the time no okay um on, on my birth certificate it said unknown okay all right, and so you're 12 years old, headed back to the group home. What did the next few years look like? Um, well, I ran away. Mm-hmm. Um, right away? Right away, that yeah. night. I was gone. Um, right. And I was on the run for about four years. Really? In the, in the city. I took care of myself. Twelve? So you got to understand. So when I got to that group home, so much had already happened to me. Yeah, trauma. And I was not 12 anymore. You right. know? You and like a woman. Yeah. Sexual correct. trauma? Yes. Physical trauma? Like, being pretty. Yeah. was not a good thing for me, yeah. you know, when people told me. And now I embrace it, right. you know, because I know it's God. Because you're Puerto Rican girl. <laughs> well, because God. Black. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but it wasn't good then, was it? No. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one to be my friend, yeah. you know, um, and men. Yeah. Men. Yep. Saw you as a woman. Mm-hmm. So at 12 years old, you felt like, I can do better by myself. Yes. I, where, I, where did you live? What did you do? Um, so I went, the first place I went to was in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Spanish Harlem and then I went to Black Harlem. Mm-hmm. Apollo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I just used my, my situation mm-hmm. but tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when I was hungry, I would go into a Burger King at the time and would say, you know, my mother don't got no food. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or something yeah. like that. And then you, you always got, I don't know, it's God at the time again mind you I didn't even think of God but yeah. I'm saying he always put me in areas you know to lead me to get fed mm-hmm. um, and I've always regardless of how angry I was I've always had a big heart yeah. wanted to help the world and save the world in yeah. the midst of everything that was going on and so I would do that um, and then um, I come across other kids like mm-hmm. me and they would tell their mom that I was a classmate mm-hmm. and so I would live there for like a week or two before mm-hmm. they like okay so you gotta go. where's her parents right. you know because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. in New York we don't have southern hospitality so yeah. all they worried about is the people that's in, in the there. house yeah mm-hmm. you know so they don't really think oh let's go check let's go call like here you can't yeah. really get away with that like let me get your mother on the phone you yeah. know yeah. yeah they're like ah whatever mm-hmm. you know so that's what I did and then I got a job and then I just live them all and then I joined the gang so do you ha- so homelessness for a while though because it had to be some moments yes. where you're just like I don't know I slept in stairwells um in Queens I slept on As the train a young teenager Leah it was safer are you serious Oh my God. So when you look back on that time now, do you, what do you think of God's movement in your life? Like at that time, not how it felt then, but like now looking back, like impossible. (laughs) We crying already (laughs) because how in the world are you still here today? That's crazy. Cause it's I know you know some about, stories. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. not even about like how it's like, why now I know the why, but yeah. it's like, you loved me so much. And I didn't say he wasn't real, but I just turned my back on him. Yeah. I was just like, it's just me. Yeah. Cause it felt like abandonment. Yeah. Cause it you're not going to gonna stop these men from coming in here. Men that's supposed to be counselors. Yeah. It's supposed to protect me, some type of authority figure, or fill that role for yeah. parents or uncles. Like, they come in in a whole different way. And then it got so bad that I I knew the look. Yeah. I knew the look. You know, like, I just the knew. The way they looked at you. It was something, I knew no matter how much they tried to fake it, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that one's a pervert. You know, like, yeah. you know. Oh, my gosh. And then, so that's just how I knew, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. that's what I knew. And then so when I look at it now, I'm just like, I had a message. I'm your messenger. Yeah. My life is my testimony. 
I'm supposed to tell you everybody about you right. through me, yeah. through this. My pain is for other people. Peace. Golly. So how, okay, so how old were you when you decided to join the gang? I was like a year after. It was like 12 and a half. I met a guy. He was three years older than me. He was over the Crips at that time mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Now we're in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> what was the main Brooklyn. reason they drove that? Sense um, of family, belonging? Yeah. Protection. I would say back then the gang was not like nowadays. You yeah. know, they it was a community. Yeah. Um, they they helped. We went to a lot of people that didn't have nobody went there. Mm-hmm. That was our family. We mm-hmm. felt safe. I was protected. I can honestly say when I was in the gang, I haven't got sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't jumped. Yeah. I was nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. I was safe. It was family. Mm-hmm. It created a sense of family. And how long, and then you started working. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long was that season of life? Like, when did you, first of all, how in the world did you get out of that gang? Um... <laughs> that's another story yeah so my boyfriend he was again one of the lead big time leaders of mm-hmm. it at the time and he got shot right in front of me oh my gosh and, and you were like that's it um or tell me how you they were. wanted me to leave that they, they felt like i was no longer safe because everybody knew i was his girl really wow that and so that's it's so it feels like and i was at 17 well 16 and 17 is when i turned myself in really turn yourself in who to cps and that's really? a whole story in itself <laughs> Girl, Lord. wait a minute, Lord Jesus. Okay, so <laughs> the gang. Well, first DPS. of all, the thing that nobody ever thinks about with gangs that they're really they have a family feel, especially once upon a time when that first that culture really first came on the scene. So it's the gang that protected you. Yes, that allowed you to. They like you got to go because we looking out for you. So then you turned yourself in because you felt like I have nowhere else to be. I had nowhere else to go. Um, in New York, I've been all over New York. I lived all over the boroughs by that time, um, when I was on the run. And then before I was on the run, they sent me to like all the group homes. I got kept getting kicked out of group homes because the judge decided to say that I was unfit, um, for a home at eight because of what happened to me in the previous home that I was in, that it was too traumatic. So I was in group homes the rest of that. Really? So you felt, so at some level, they were holding you responsible as an eight-year-old yes. for things that had happened to you. And then when I got in the homes, I was always having a fight, always having to fight people off me, yeah. or woo, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden I had anger issues. Yeah. All of a sudden I can't, you know, control mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm a menace to society. Yeah. Lock me up, throw me away, throw away the key. I ain't going to be nothing. Right. I got told that so many times. Really? So at 17... Now you're basically only have a year left before you're legally aged out. Well, well 21. Oh, is it 21? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I th- at that okay, time, I it was maybe 18. now, but at least back then it was 21. Cause that's, I remember him saying he's, when I turned myself in five hours later, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in, in DPS letting everybody know, Hey, I'm such and such. Mm-hmm. I've been on a run. Like I, they had me on the news. They yeah. had pins wearing on me. I was a wall, you know, yeah. and no one, New York was so dirty. Like mm-hmm. all the police officers they had, they was just like, you yeah. know, and I'm sitting here turning myself in and yeah. they would just have a seat, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> have a seat. So I yeah. sat there for the longest. I almost walked out, but I didn't cause I had nowhere to go and yeah. I didn't want to, I just kept thinking about Joelle. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. What was... Okay, Joelle is... The guy who passed away. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, I didn't mean no, to say that. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so, what were those next few years like after you turned yourself in? Um, I was determined. I turned my anger to this fuel. Mm. I was just determined to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody wrong. 
and I finally heard the one mother foster mother I did have that was good to me I finally heard her mm-hmm. her voice she's the one who introduced me to God mm-hmm. I knew about God but as far as the word the Bible and grace and mm-hmm. his blood and and so all that you know reg- resonated with me mm-hmm. when I turned myself in even at the police station even when they put me in the because they put me to hold me mm-hmm. they put me in JDC until my bed because the group home didn't have a bed right away so they just put me there to hold me and then JDC kicked me out <laughs> It's Again, detention. Yes, yeah, juvenile yeah, detention. Yeah. They kicked me out, so I had to go to a psych ward, mm. and they held me there in Long Island oh, until wow. my group, until my bed got together. So then, when they they transferred me from there, and they put me all the way to ship me to Ohio, and the facility they shipped me to was a maximum security <sighs> um, group home. It used to be a jail. It had barbed wire. Yeah. We had to dress out. They it still was ran like a jail. And it was for all the kids that was either a menace to society, that ran away, that mm-hmm. had anger, that just couldn't, wasn't fit for a home or a regular treatment center. Right. In their eyes. So when you go there, you're, they're not even trying to place you they're with a family you. anymore. Until they're you done. age out. And, so, yeah. and that's how they I just found out it was 21. Did you have a little bit of food mm-hmm. and you know that. And they care. Exactly. Basically. The judge, when I turned wow. myself, when I went to see the judge from going to, because I left the courthouse, they got on a plane and shipped me to Ohio. And then before that, you know, in the courtroom, he's like looking at everything. By this time, you know, I got possession. You know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. selling. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because oh, <laughs> I was, you know. Surviving. And so, yeah. right. And so he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, you're a menace to society. He mm-hmm. was like, you're going to be in this group home until you're 21. And then after that, you're on your own. That's he said, I'd be surprised if you make it to C25. That's what the judge said. To me oh my god so how, okay so you uh, praise god made it through this group home what was that like was that was there education opportunities were you working or was it just yes. like survival what, so what the group home this particular group home was ran like literally a jail mm-hmm. it was ran that way we dressed out we had scrubs you know yeah. um the school is there mm-hmm. um they have blacktop rec we have um what is it called um commissary mm-hmm. <laughs> we had yeah, all like of that prisons, you know like, like prison, yeah. yeah that's how that one was held but yes they offer all of that mm-hmm. to you and then it's locked down like at certain time lights out mm-hmm. lights up yeah. you know um hygiene you know and then even in the hygiene with the upstate new york the group home that i was in mm-hmm. they would you have the studs up yeah. and then then they will come in and you have to yell oh so all soaped up in yeah. the back shower and yeah. then the staff come in and look at you and make sure and to turn around make sure you full of studs and then let oh, you rinse geez. off so, okay, tell me that next season. So you somehow survived. Were you able to get a little education? Yes. Little bit. That's something that the state could never take from me. So, yes, yeah. that's what I did. I definitely yeah. did that in spite of them. Yeah. I'm glad I did it now, but back then I was like. Doing it out of spite. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was the one thing they could not, you can't take your education in your name. Wow. So I made sure they knew my name, mm-hmm. and I made sure I had my education. And so at 21, what was life like when you aged out? So 21, I'm in Texas mm-hmm. because I didn't get a chance to age out. God had a different story for me. Ooh, that was, tell us, tell us. <laughs> um, there was this older couple who they felt they were seven-day Adventists in DeSoto. Mm-hmm. They felt like their mission in life was they had no kids of their own. Um, and they mm-hmm. felt like their mission in life was to save kids, you know, like, like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm 18. Mm-hmm. And I'm in good in there for a good year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I get a call 
out of the yeah, I'm thinking I do mm-hmm. I was like I ain't doing that you know right. what? What? I mean, now? Right. you know yeah. and it's like your caseworker I was like I just seen because you get a caseworker there mm-hmm. you know and then once I got shipped out I never heard from New York ever again oh, you know uh-uh, it yeah. was done and so in any group home and so um when they said that New York was here mm-hmm. I was like so I come in the room and they were like there's this family lady she was so dry about it she was like there's this family that wants to adopt you and I told them you were 18. It was like, I mean, it's, it's like they mm. tried to convince them not, not to, to do it. Yes. yes. Yeah. I told them you were this. They read their whole file, but they still want to meet you. Mm-hmm. What do you think like that? So by this time, at first, my first thought was, I'm about to be 18. These are some perverts. You know, mm-hmm. like they got yeah. small kids. They either want me to be Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Woo, woo, woo. I don't know nothing about Texas. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was right. just like, mm-mm. And so... I went and some told me to just try it out because I, I went and I left. I actually mm. walked out and mm. went back to class. And then later on that day, you know, some just told me this is your way out. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be here till you're 21. You want to go see this family? Mm-hmm. Like, you can survive anywhere. Yeah. You don't been through the worst of the worst. Right. You know, so yeah. it don't matter where. The street's the same wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, okay. So they did a six month probation period. And when I came to DeSoto, mm-hmm. I had an ankle monitor because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they had to make sure I didn't run away. Right. Um, and I fell in love with the kids. Oh my God. And I decided to, to make that transition. And then when I made the transition, they let me go. Really? <laughs> because uh, New York paid them $2,500 a month until I turned 21 to keep me. So oh. they kept the check, but kicked me out the house. Oh, when I wouldn't my. do the things that they wanted me to do. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So it's like, it seemed like it was going to be good, but the Lord still used that. Yes. He used that to get you out of that situation mm-hmm. into something that was going to set you up for what he had next exactly. in your life. Exactly. What did you learn about God, even though they were Seventh-day Adventists and clearly didn't have full integrity, but do you remember like what you were thinking about God in that season, that 18 to 19 season or however long you were there? I really wasn't thinking about God. It was just more so telling myself not to give up on him, mm-hmm. on God, because yeah. he hasn't given up on me, not to let my stinking thinking, that's what I call it, my stinking yeah. thinking get the best of me. Mm-hmm. Because again, of course, yeah, and the first thing I thought in my head was like, I've go. been going to church at this place, you know, I might as well stay yeah. in Ohio, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then you brought me to this family to make me feel again. Yeah. Nobody want me. Mm. Don't nobody want you. You ain't, you ain't nothing. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to love you. Yeah, still feeling that rejection. Yeah, what? So, but but you're saying even in the midst of all that, you still had an awareness that God hadn't given keep up going on you because of How? one particular moment. Yeah, where'd that come from? So while I was on a run in New York, mm-hmm. um, I was sleeping in the staircase mm-hmm. in a stairwell in Harlem, no, mm-hmm. far walk away, Queens. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. And um, I was we had nowhere to go, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "All right, this is it tonight." So I was in a stairwell, and I just, you know, mm-hmm. and then someone called my name so loud it woke me up. And when I woke up, I heard nothing, mm-hmm. no sirens. It was dead silent. And this is New York. Yeah, you hear it's sirens. You hear people, right. city that don't sleep. Right, nothing. And then, and, and when you hear that in New York, it's like go, something's yeah. about to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I got up. I walked out, I walked down, I make a left, mm-hmm. I walked to the, to the light, which is like probably like 15, 20 feet. And then next you know, I hear boom, boom, just people start busting. The same stairwell that I was sleeping in, Crips was running down the stairwell, Bloods was running <gasps> in, but they just you would have been shooting. In- I would have been in the middle of that crossfire. <laughs> Are you serious? In that moment, girl. I knew God, like the, the, um, 
girl the 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 um the palm footprints in the sand yeah yeah i knew yeah i knew because the voice of god protected you that night listen i that is so crazy because i think when we're in first of all very few people who will listen to this their hard times will not compare to your hard times but even when we're in pain the pain is pain and to be in deep pain and have a moment even if it's just one moment in your whole life where you're like, I know God is there. I know he's there somewhere. Like it's so powerful for that to be like an anchor that for, for the rest of your life that you'll never ever doubt God's presence in your life because of that one moment. All you need is that one stairwell moment where you go back to, cause no one can take that from you. No one, there's nothing that can happen in your life to this day. So it can tell me that that was, that's my right. God. That's right. Cause you're like, there's no way I should be alive today. That is craziness. That's, I vividly heard someone call my name. I mean, yelled it. Yeah. Good, the voice of God. Mm-hmm. For real. Because he'll do it. And dude. even then, I turned yeah. and I seen that. And I was like, well, my God. And then I turned around and I said that. But I just knew it was, I acknowledged it was him. But then I turned back around and was like, oh, he must have forgot. Yeah. But it's something me. made you get up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, and I just kept going the rest of them years, not even thinking of him, you know. We need those moments, though, so badly to to have that benchmark moment that defining moment where you know God spoke to you um because those are the things that we build on later as we build our own faith it's it's, mm-hmm. it's not from nothing we think it's from nothing it's not when you walk down to the front of the church it's not no there was some moment long time ago mm-hmm. before you said yes to God before any of us said yes to God exactly. that he was still that he was protecting us so uh let's fast forward a little bit you somehow uh, at 21 okay you didn't say that to you were 21 mm-hmm. so what happened how did you get away from this family they kicked you out and you did what? um so when i left there um i got my first apartment it was a Robert area yeah <laughs> right but well, kind of. i mean if you know i was gonna <laughs> right, say well, i was gonna on. say the area <laughs> right, right you know i went to the hood yeah that was just that's what i mean knew. that's what yeah. i knew you know? yeah, i yeah. mean and the soda was uncomfortable for me i couldn't really sleep yeah. i mean it was too it was too quiet you yeah. know so when that happened i went um to Redbird. Mm-hmm. And I got a, um, I did get an apartment mm-hmm. and he did pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say the dad of the home was amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, the woman that was in the home, yeah. the, the mom was a horrible person, yeah. you yeah. know, and um, I pray that she's better now, but back yeah. then it wasn't. And, um, uh, yes, yeah, so he paid my rent, mm-hmm. which she didn't like, but mm-hmm. he paid it. And mm-hmm. then I, I ended up getting my own job. I, I went to school to be a CNA mm-hmm. and I went and I was going to go to be a nurse, mm-hmm. but then my career path went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so tell me how you started building your own family after that. So I got pregnant, pregnant, well, purpose on accident. Exactly. In it Jesus is. name. Yeah. yeah. Um, I met a, a young man mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at the time he was three, three years older than mm-hmm. me. And that was my first big girl relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you should say, um, what I thought to be healthy. Yeah. Cause um, what did you know? You're just exactly. Like, yeah. As long as you weren't putting your hands on me. Right. I'm yeah. thinking I'm yeah, good. That, that's, you know what? I just going to say this, the, we sometimes judge ourselves very harshly because of the standards that we accepted at one point in our lives. Yeah. But you, your, your judgment is what you know, right? right. You judge according to what you know. Now, when you know better, you, you do, do better. better. But f- some people need to just be set free that when, when I knew what I knew, I acted accordingly. Right. When you come, when, when the Lord's going to hold you accountable is when you know better and you right. don't do better. And so listen, if the bar is low, cause you like, I feel safe. You're not going to mm-hmm. attack me. I feel, mm-hmm. Then that's just what you got. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will still honor I believe when we try to live according to what we know. Right now, we have to grow in our knowledge. Yes. But man, when you don't know, 
How, how can you know? You, you just don't exactly. know what you don't know. So exactly. God is gracious and he allows uh, family to be born because mm-hmm. baby is always a gift. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. So it took a year. You know, mm-hmm. that was 19. I'm um, mm-hmm. going on 20 when I got pregnant and I was scared. Mm-hmm. Scared to death. I what was that no fear? Idea. I had no idea because I didn't have a mother. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it wrong. Yeah. My main thing was I didn't want my kid. First of all, I was told I could never have kids because of what I went through as a kid Mm -hmm. you know and then when I had one I'm like what can I do you know and so the first thing I thought was aside from how can I'm gonna be a mother was how can I keep her safe because it was a girl like how can I make sure nobody hurts her or touch her yeah you know make her tough Mm -hmm. because I wasn't tough always Mm -hmm. I was you know I was a sweetheart Mm -hmm. up until like middle school-ish yeah you know, and then I had to get tough. Yeah. And that affects your parenting mm-hmm. because we then parent out of our own pain. Yes. You just like, I just don't want and this to happen. And I was so have... super tough. Yeah. And I was super jaded because at this, and I didn't even realize anything about healing or anything like that. I just thought, okay, I'm survival, just yeah. survivor mode yeah. always, you know? So when I got pregnant, it was just kind of like, you know, and I asked and I asked God to teach me, yeah. teach me to love her, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then I thought that too. I was like, I'm gonna give her everything I never had before. Right. I'm gonna get married. Yeah. I think I'll have a mother and mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna have because I grew up wishing I was Annie, mm-hmm. Annie, like yeah. the the orphan Annie. Yeah, uh-huh. I yeah. knew somebody rich was coming. Kind of you know, right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. But then that happened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, my daughter's gonna have it. You know, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. But um, yeah, yeah. I had to learn quick. I forgot all because I never had it. And when I did have it, it was nasty to me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I forgot. I raised her probably till she was like four or five Mm -hmm. without hugging or even kissing on her. I just wanted her to be tough. Yeah. And I was, I barely slept. I'd make sure nobody, even, even her father, I was, I wouldn't make him sleep on the other side of me because I didn't know if he was going to get up. Yeah. I didn't know. So much fear. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, Mm. I forgot about the nurturing side mm-hmm. and I got it right um, the second round. Yeah. And yeah. then I went back and apologized and took responsibility for that as well with all my kids. Yeah. How, man, listen, there's so much. I always tell people I need a part two. But thinking back on that now, how has God evolved you, grown you from a woman who was really just groping in the dark trying to figure out what motherhood was like? All the mistakes and failures, and many of us who had mothers still make mistakes and failures, right? We mm-hmm. don't ever get it right. But how how do you see God's hand just moving in your life, just even as a parent now with your kids? I, I see it tremendously. Um, once I got to know his love is when I knew love. Mm. I didn't know love until I knew God's love. When, when would you say was your first real encounter with, okay, I'm surrendering to the Lord? Uh, it was probably... Probably like 25, mm-hmm. between 25, 20, 30 area, mm-hmm. you know, um, people, I would be sitting at the bus stop and mm-hmm. random folks will walk up to me and mm-hmm. just start telling me their business. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I always had like a look like, don't talk to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, you know what yeah. they did? Yeah. They did. And I would sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. And then nine times out of 10, I'd either been through it or I had a roommate in one of my group homes who went through it mm-hmm. or God would just give me these words out of nowhere to just speak to them. And right. then and be in the midst of my craziness of everything that was in the yeah. really dark places. Mm-hmm. And that's around 25 and 30 is when I realized that my pain was for someone else's peace. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was his messenger. I wasn't ready for it because I didn't yeah. do people. But yeah. I was just like, 
at that time. Yeah. You know, I love him now. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, but at that right. time, you know, I was just like, yeah, eh, people stay away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, humans can, you right, know. <laughs> right, and but, so you feel like your mission really is what was tied to that surrender. Yes. Because you could see why God had you here. Yes. And so you're like, okay, God. And then the more that I prayed and more, and, and then at the time when I first came to Texas, I went to Inspire and Body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we was in there really heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's so when I got more in the word, more people, he let allowed more people more. to come yeah. to me. Yeah. And then that one little hot day on a, uh, you know, when mm-hmm. this old lady comes walking mm-hmm. up to me and sits down and was like, I just and started telling me about her husband mm-hmm. and the abuse that she was going through and stuff wow. like that. At first, I didn't even know she was talking to me. I yeah. just kind of looked at her like, what's right. wrong with this crazy lady, mm-hmm. you know? But I listened. Yeah. I hugged her. Mm-hmm. I prayed. And from there, I was like, all right, God. Yeah. Use me. Take my life. I've always wanted to open, take my information. I mean, that was so that would be my my other milestone becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. But I've always wanted to open my own group home. Yeah. And to do it right. To do it right. To do it right. And and I want it to be biblically based so I can teach kids like me. Cause what better to hear from I am you, you are me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Me, I'm walking, you know, like because I did so many times where someone asked me, we or that that question they put on paper, where you gonna be when you graduate? I didn't even know where I was going to be tomorrow. Right. I didn't even know if I was even be breathing tomorrow. Yeah. So I didn't you have that answer for you. can't even a future like that. You just day to day surviving. But yeah. I want to be that person and to know God mm. and the community that he has given me with this church. Yeah. I wouldn't want nothing. I, as much as I scream, oh, I got is me, I got is me. I, wouldn't, I would wish I had what I have now yeah. back then. And so I want these kids that feel what I felt back then yeah. to feel what I feel now. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's going to happen because that story is too powerful for it to not be used to shape the lives of other people. And I just want to say, number one, <laughs> you know, sometimes it becomes a cliche, you know, Ooh. girl, sometimes it comes, it becomes a cliche where people are like, I should have been dead in my grave. I should have lost my mind. You know, we say things on church and doing church and it feels like But a I really should have been really, dead. I really, <laughs> really should have lost my mind. More than one time. And so when you look at someone's life and and just say, God, how here here's why I love, why I love this story, uh, why I love people's stories, is because man, stuff happens in life and you're like, is God still good? If God was good, how could he allow this? How could this happen to me? And so for you to be here in a very raw and vulnerable way, it's not super churchy. It's not one blessed and favored. Days are still hard. You and I have talked. <laughs> Parenting is still hard. Yes. You're still trying to figure out what is this thing I'm trying to do that I never had? Right. How do I establish a home? We make mistakes. We stumble. We pick back up. But for you to have been through all that you've been through and feel such a deep sense of mission, like I see my life's purpose, like to for really purpose in your heart for that to be heavier than the pain that you should be feeling. Your life could have been defined just by pain. You could be in such a different place right now. And it is mind blowing to me. And I know it's going to encourage someone to, for them to say here, look at how God has been always present in my life. And oh. that you didn't come, you could have been in a place where you took, the sin and the evil of men and women in your life <laughs> and attributed that to God. That somehow, without without parental guidance, <laughs> without a church home, you know, mm-hmm. at a young age, 
that God, that you and God, just one-on-one, he was able to preserve your mind. Exactly. Preserve your body, still allow you to bear children. Like exactly. that the enemy did not steal that from you. Chris, just crazy. That's why I tell people all the time, my relationship with God is so personal so personal and he was my father he was my mother he was my confidant he was my protector is is but back then it was just was you know even when i wasn't uh, receptive to it right he was still there it's so unconditional it's so he's so intentional and strategic with me yeah and i'm just in awe that he's using someone like me yeah oh my gosh girl this is so good, but I, I just want to say thank you. This is just the beginning. Yes. It feels like you've lived three lifetimes, but this is new lifetime, mm-hmm. and it's just the beginning. I'm excited for what God's going to do yeah. in your life. I'm excited for how your story is just really going to become – it becomes like a smaller and smaller part of the whole book. Like when we're 12 and 13 and 18, our life up to that point is all we have. But then you keep living, and God keeps doing what God does. You're like, oh. All that was still only like the first two chapters. There's mm-hmm. still so much more. Mm-hmm. There's more on the other side of this. And so, man, I'm excited, I'm excited to see how too. God's going to move in your life. I'm excited for how he's continuing to grow your heart as a mother, as a woman, that you serve it in this church. Y'all, this is why I do stories. Because we're walking by people every single day right. who have so much depth. So much depth. We just see them as people. Yeah. And God is like, girl, these people are complex and layered and you have no idea what they've been through. Exactly. And so I thank you that you're holding true to that story, yes. but not being defined by it. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Okay. Love you. Love you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure leave a comment, leave a review, share, subscribe, all the things, and we'll catch you next time.